It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number 31. Can we can you believe we got that far, friends? It's the city of death. But it should be called the city of us. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a joke, baby? The Charlie's been working properly is capable of many amazing things. Reverse the polarity of the neutron flows, and the TARDIS will be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a unity. It's like a person. The resulting reaction is Uh, hello, welcome back to the old Doctor Who show, your on again, off again. Now, what is the thing? I've said it so many times now. The your old doc- weekly, the uh, no. your tri weekly. That's the one. Classic Doctor Who review podcast. I am your host, Eric, and I'm your other host, Dan. And I have so much trouble doing that. I don't know why. I think by now I would be able to uh, do it. We are recording Hana Hana. Tuesday afternoon at 2 o'clock, right down to the, the very edge of our uh, launch window on Wednesday. Down to the very edge of reason. Which well. uh, So hopefully this will be a pretty pretty interesting podcast. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So how are you, Dan? What's going down in uh, Dan world? Uh, things are good. Hey, I, uh, I had a near-death experience uh, oh. myself. I... Uh, I was up in Vermont. I was uh, taking the dog for a hike as normal, and it is bear season. Oh, did you run into a bear? Oh, I ran into a mama bear. Not and a fella. Co- this is nope. a yeah. This is no, an actual. That was later. <laughs> that, that was, was later. Right? A nice hairy guy. That was an actual animal. Oh, a bear an and the cub. Three cubs. Uh, taking the dog for a hike and heading back to the house. Wasn't I was half a mile from from the house. Look back up the way that I just come and down the hill galloping at me is wait, the mama. Wait, galloping follow- at you. Yep. Did you do the? Did you have bear bells? Did you start ringing your bear bells and screaming? Is bear bells a thing? I don't, it is a it thing. Is not, okay, I want bear bells yeah. now. Uh, I have barbells. So it was coming at me, mama first, then three bears behind, and I immediately like didn't think uh, and just you just start riding it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I immediately tamed it, and now it is my I spirit said, animal. Hey, girl, and she came on over and said, "Hey." Um, no, I just did the big arms and started shouting really, really deep. You can't tell from my, my mousy voice, but I have a very deep voice. So I was shouting really deep and making get, the big get arms. Get away from me. Hey, <laughs> who do you think you are? And uh, so it was coming at me. And uh, and at once, all four of the bears saw me, recognized that, hey, there's a thing there. Right. Turned around on their butts and headed right back up the hill away from me. That's pretty tough. That's which a- was awesome. That was terrifying. So then I, I kept making noise, and I, I put my dog back on a leash, and we kept making oh noise and went gosh. back to the house. Here's the thing that freaks me out, though. That they were probably... Uh, hold on. Before I, had, I need yeah. to know the whole scene. Yeah. Are you alone with your dogs? I am alone with my dogs. Okay. And you have two dogs with you? I only have the one. Okay. I have the, I have the younger big dog with me, the older arthritic dog. Now your dog fights. barking like crazy at the bears? Dog did not even make a peep. Didn't even recognize that anything happened. Right. And this like, is- even the fact that I'm shouting, waving my arms, the dog is standing <laughs> right beside me. Checked like, out. <laughs> totally, like, chill. I don't, yeah. Now, brown or, or black bear? 
brown bears, I think, is what I have in that area. Because we're actually right across the road from a bear preserve, wow. which is awesome. All right, so, so go so, okay, on. So what freaked, freaked, what freaked me out was I go home and I think, you know what? I didn't even think about it. I just did this reaction, the big arms and the shouting. Was that the right thing to do? Yeah, so, I think so. So I go, so I go and look I go and look on the, the Vermont uh, Wilderness website, and they have a whole section about living with bears, mm-hmm. what they call it. You can check it out. And I was reading it, and that is not the right thing to really? do at See, all. That is the exact wrong thing to do. Well, well, not the exact. Now, there are other worse things to do. Okay. That's funny you should say that because yeah. I, I have several bear stories. Uh-huh. Uh, one of them uh, involved uh, psychedelics. Uh, we had The bear or you? Uh, me. Uh, uh-huh. uh, we had gone camping. I was in like high school or whatever. <laughs> We're in the woods in a tent yeah, having ingested whatever. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, a bear was in the camp. So it was Shoot. like three, me and two of my friends, like in the tent, like, and everything's oh, starting to no. work, right? Everything's, oh, no. all the things are are, are happening on yep. in, in the inside. Yep. And so the bear's like <laughs> going through our trash and stuff. And I just started yelling, cha-cha, cha-cha, <laughs> the top of my lung. And the bear sort of looked at me and left. But I had always, yeah, I because the bear's more of a ranking dancer than a here's chocolate dancer. Here's the thing about bears: there Tell is me. nothing you could do because some well, people will say play dead, and then no. there's certain types of bear will just eat you. Go in a yes. tree, and they will no, knock the tree down. Those are those are all wrong. What yeah. is, so, is it? Just fly away? Like is yes. that the only? It's try to disappear, melt into the ground if possible. So apparent, according to the Vermont Wilder, Wilderness Wildlife something, I don't know, the department government right. thing says. As long as the bear has a clear means of egress cha-cha. away from you, right. just say cha-cha. It's yeah. a cha-cha. <laughs> uh, it says, just say, hey, bear, hey, bear, in a nice, calm, low tone. Hey, bear. Hey, bear. Don't make any drastic moves and just walk away slowly. Don't run. As long as the yes. bear has a means of escape and isn't being aggressive, just do that. If the bear starts make, becoming interested in you... It says pretty much to keep doing the same thing. Just say, hey, bear, and just try to back away slowly. And if the bear gets aggressive and, like, starts hitting things, hitting the ground and, or comes at you, that's when you're supposed to do the big arms and try to scare it. Right. Um, so you're not supposed but, to slowly rise and put your arms all the way up in the you're sky. You're supposed to like take the form a, of a larger a bear. threatening other bear. Uh, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to transmogrify into a larger bear. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty interesting. So but, but the thing that actually so you're lucky me out, to though, be alive. Well, here's we the thing. I, I, of course, relive it. I, I think about it. And the the mother bear was running ahead of the cubs when I made this startling sound. What had happened if the if the bear the cubs oh, were in front? Then you would be dead. I'd be dead. <laughs> I mean, that's pr- most assured. Or what if my or dog Or you would have an my, adorable cub uh, in your uh, house right now because or you would I would be stolen. adopted as a cub. Yeah, or you would live, I might be live living out in, the, in woods. the woods eating fish with your mouth. So, <laughs> yep, friends. Uh, listening, mm-hmm. if you do run into a bear, according to Dan, do uh, not yell no, as I have. Uh, mm-hmm. According to Vermont, according to yep. the United States government or the state yep. government of, of sure. Vermont, maybe all you of them. softly uh, say, "Hey, bear." Hey, hey, bear. It's okay. Just have a little rap, a little rap session with I the bear. I wish that you had gotten uh, taken in by the bears, though. I think that would be a much I know. more interesting bear, Dan. As long as they let me record the show every three weeks, oh, I'd yeah. be fine with that. All right, so with so that happened. With what all of that said, well, I think we're already at eight minutes. We're we good. Get into let's this, do it. Uh, all right, yeah. let's get, let's let's just get into this Doctor Who thing. So, so do hit you want to hit the button? Or? Hit the button right. and let's right. uh, take us in. I have 
haven't started yet. I know, it's, it's just his hands are cold. So sensitive. I think we're in for a little treat. All this is totally unnecessary. You make it necessary, you will not tell me the truth. I've changed my mind. There's one thing I can't stand, it's being tortured by someone with cold hands. What is it you want to know? Excellent. I want to know how you travel through time. It's simple, I'm a time lord. And the girl? Oh. The truth. Well... Time is running out, Doctor. What do you mean, time's running out? It's only 15.05. All right, all right! I'll tell you. There is one thing I'd like to know. Is how do you communicate across time with the other splinters of yourself? I am asking the questions. It's The City of Death uh, from 1979. This is, I believe it's 1979. Didn't even look yep. it up, assuming it's no, 1979. Right. Written by David Agnew, which uh, is not a real person, but uh, the pen name that they came up with for Douglas Adams, uh, Graham Williams, and David Fisher, who actually had written the original story. Um, yep. He was getting a divorce. I don't know if you saw that bit. He was in the middle of I a did, divorce. Which is funny because that, that kind of comes up in the dialogue later. I'll put, I'll, we'll get yeah, to Yeah, we'll get there. I'm trying to remember that part, but you'll have to refresh that's, my that's memory. Dug in. Dug but in, in, any, in any case, uh, he wasn't around to do the rewrite, so Douglas Adams and Graham Williams handled that part. And I believe they checked themselves in for a weekend and were drinking whiskey and coffee and knocked the thing out. This is uh, the story of the Doctor and Romana who land in 1979 in Paris, uh, where they uncover a plot to steal the Mona Lisa by a very well-dressed man with an eye and uh, some seaweed on his face. What did yeah, you think it. of uh, this story, Dan? Overall, City of I, Death. Overall, I really enjoyed the story. I think I say this pretty much every episode. Yeah, I don't know. There's very do, few that we don't like. Uh, I know. I, I like this episode. I, there's so many fun, stupid things that happen in this episode, and so much uh, uh, things that things I like, but also are kind of irksome. Like it, there's the whole thing kind of feels like a real the beginning anyway feels like a really boring travel log. I love the, everything about of the beginning. The, so I, the I least stop interesting part. I of could, Paris. no. It looks yes. like you're watching a <laughs> PBS. Uh, type thing that someone recorded on a VHS tape and made you watch in like English yep. literature class or something. I could just watch the Doctor and Romana walking through the streets of Paris. Well, good. Just cross, you get that for a solid you get a lot of minutes. that. You get, hey, there's traffic. Let's wait for the green light. They're going to wait with them for the green light they, and they, they cross. And one thing occurred to me was how bad does his scarf smell? Oh, it must be horrible. Like, I had never He's thought about it. It's, on it. it's being dragged through the streets of Paris. Like, it's got to be covered in cigarette butts and just vomit from foreigners. It... And just, it's, it's just like a disaster. Do you think he has, maybe he has stunt scarves? I don't know. Well, they have gotta, to have like a thousand have. scarves on hand. Because that thing's got to smell and just be horrible. Just watching it drag through drag. the street. I was like, oh, boy. We're not. We're not saying that Paris is a dirty city, but no, it's the yeah, that city must be of filth. Is that the? the no, it's, that's, I think it's, that's not the uh, tagline. City of, <laughs> the city of uh, city of love. City of love. love. City of love. So um, no. So I, I like that. I mean, there's some we- <laughs> the uh, whole interaction in the chateau with the the countess and everyone is. Had this very dramatic soap opera feel yes. that was that it was felt funny. very much like a soap opera. Yeah, in I'm just with, in terms of composition of shots and things like yes. that, like you could have removed the science 
science fiction element of the whole thing, and they could be fighting over some land deal or something. Right. And then as far as, like, the, the sci-fi story aspect of it, you know, pieces of uh, Scaroth through time and, and that, that the Jaggeroth are the actual thing that caused the spark of life on Earth to actually spark, you know, humanity and drive it forward. All that stuff's pretty cool. It feels like we've seen something similar to that before or maybe since. But Yeah, I don't, I don't know because I thought that stood out in me stood out to me as being so cool was just the fact that he did splinter through time but he exists simultaneously right in all of these periods and like we get we only really see we see sort of the uh florence italy mm-hmm. jaggeroth we see the 1979 jaggeroth yes essentially right and you get and like you get 400 million year ago jag jaggeroth but right. when he when there's that scene when you see all of them and you get sort of the weird future one where his head yeah. shaved and he's got the weird sort of goatee thing act happening. Oh, was, I wanted yeah. all of those Jaggeroths. Like I just I want uh, a whole thing just on whoever that guy was. Yeah, I mean Eric, that's that's where fan fiction comes in. It so is. I want I want you to have a nice long blog post uh, explaining what happened with all of them. Um, so what what were your what were your feelings on this episode? I love I love this episode. Um, there's, I don't know where to start. Uh, well, with it. we can start at the beginning. So let's, let's start uh, with a couple of characters. The first off, uh, did you recognize the main villain? I know that he's done other things. Uh, Julian Glover's the actor that played Scaroth and Count Scarleone. General I- Veers. Yes, Lord Vader. I've reached the main power generators. The shield will be down in moments. You may start your landing. From Empire Strikes Here. Back. So he is the guy that oh, uh, destroys the the generator so that Vader, you may start your landing. That is okay. General Veers, so that's a little good for him. Little Star Wars thing happening in this thing. The other, the, my other question was the Professor character. Yeah. Now uh-huh. was the, what like ethnicity uh, were yes. they going for? Was it sort of like it was kind of like an old Jewish guy? But okay, then I don't so know the- if it was supposed to be. Was it supposed to be a, like an Asian stereotype at one point, or like it wh- sounded it vaguely Italian by way of Russia, and then sometimes sort of German and Austrian? Or I didn't yeah. know what the character was going for. Is is uh, Fyodor Nikolai Kerensky? So, so was I he guess supposed he's to be supposed Russian? to be Russian, okay. or his family is from Russia, but he lived all of. He's a, I think, a, an intercontinental man. He just kind of, he's had, a, he's lived a life. Yeah, I couldn't figure he's, it out. He's I'm like, picked up accents from it's everywhere. Probably racist. But <laughs> it's not, probably, I'm not yeah. sure. Like, I just couldn't place where, what his whole deal was, and where he came from. It might not be racist, but it's definitely offensive. Oh, I'm sure I was yeah. racist, and even connecting those dots. <laughs> like nobody's making me connect those dots. That's my yeah. own stuff that I got. That's your I got to gotta deal with. That's um, my therapy. The Again, this is sort of I'm just all over the place, but I'll start. Sure. In, I'll start in the first episode. So they land and they're walking around Paris. Well, but, well wait, um, be, even before that, can we just start? But with the, the angry the artist. Op- the opening shot first. The opening shot is. I'm I'm definitely stealing this, but uh, they're opening on a prog rock album cover. That whole landscape of Earth 400 million years ago with the uh, the spaceship that uh, the round. I love that the, spaceship design. The spaceship design was awesome. Loved it. Yeah. I thought it looked so good from the exterior. The interior looked really cool. Yeah, it was but that like whole a, it was like a whole, weird gatefold yes album or something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm stealing that from uh, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. 
they're very into yes on this planet. But that's that's exactly what that looked like. But I loved that uh, that ship design. So everything about the opening looks so cool until the reveal. The the uh, Jagaroth face. I love the Jagaroth whole thing. That when, when face? that that part is co- sort of ridiculous. Oh, it's so but bad. It, it is so awesome when he's in the polyester suit. Yeah. And the yes. thing and yes. the gut like that is my favorite. That's one of my favorite images. He's got he's got the big butterfly collars and a cravat. Yes, I love and it's that silk and polyester, and then the seaweed head on top. Yes. yes. What an All interesting right. race. And he is the last of that. So the Jagaroth are the 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 race of aliens. A warlike race of What's aliens. What's his that, name? Yeah. I, I had I I have it written Scaroth. down, so I'm going Scaroth. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Oh, so good. Um, anyway, so you were saying so we but we see the Doctor Ramon on top of the Eiffel Tower. Okay, yeah, she, yeah. So the the yeah. angry artist character was one of my favorite gags too. So this is the guy oh, they're they're at the, the table cafe. having at the at the cafe and he's yeah. drawing her and she and she moves because it, it, we also illustrate that there's like a time jump where they yep. do fif, you know fifteen seconds and then it backs up and does the same fifteen seconds again. But his whole reaction when he he realizes that she's moved and then he crumples up the paper and he throws yes. it and then they look at the paper and it says looks nothing like her. It's like nothing a like her. cracked. Uh, uh, it didn't uh, need to be her face. at all. It was yeah. a clock face with a hat on it. It, it was, didn't need to. I be. loved it. It was yeah. awesome. and it, it also makes kind of no sense at all because no. He sees her as a Time Lord somehow. We never see that guy again. There's no connection right. to that guy. Nothing. The whole thing is that they're trying to uh, create a field where they could move time back and forth. Right, right. So, I mean, he sees the clock and has the crack. I thought it was actually a really cool-looking design for the for that. But, again, yeah. it had nothing to Which do awesome. with Ramona at all. I want to find a, a picture of that and sort of, uh, you know, frame it or whatever. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Again, this is also 1979. It felt very of its time. Especially yeah. in terms of fashion, like she's she just reminds me of kind of, her whole thing with the tie. She's wearing a tie, Romana. It's very Diane Keaton. She's uh, got the hat. She's got the hat on. It just reminded me of um, yeah, like she's so Annie Keaton Hall sort of Annie Hall. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I loved her her whole thing and his thing. And it just well again, it was uh, just like I could just watch a whole thing of them crossing crossing streets. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you get a lot of that fashion because they're on the streets of Paris for about 20 minutes in this episode, just walking. Yeah, so you get a lot of that. Um, yeah, so they're, so they're on top of the Eiffel Tower. They have, they have some really good banter in here, and I guess a lot of that can be chalked up to Douglas Adams being yeah. one of the main script writers. Very, very this, funny. Lots just, of funny you know, gags. Little asides that yeah. just don't really they, – they're throwaways, but they're so good. Right, so like, I, I like love what, when he has when those. He sit, when uh, Tom Baker is pushed when he first arrives at the Countess's house, and he's pushed, yeah. and he says, like, what a wonderful butler. He's so violent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. there's lots it's of great that line. Like, uh, quick back. Those touches. Forth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I had in my notes before sunrise. Uh, the Doctor Who episode was just them, the two of them walking around. Uh, I love it. Um, the the uh, the Jagaroth guy uh, or General Veers. He also had like he could have been like Matthew Modine's brother. Like I kept watching. Ooh, I kept watching. I like, like that. I think this is this is this guy's uh, in the Modine family. He is not in the Modine family. No, he's not. Um, but, but he's definitely he definitely wanted to be half. He got the whole Hef vibe going on. It's got a Hugh Hefner sort of younger Playboy style. I thought he looked just like Hefner, just a British one. Uh, lots of nice, lots of great sort of design. We talked about the ship design, and I love you know the, sort of the clothing and the whole the whole set pieces and everything. Except for some, some of, like there was just weird stuff with that field that they're creating. Yeah, you know, that 
it almost looks like he's got like eggs on a hot dog warmer in like a Seven Eleven, like when the the doctor does that scene where he puts the egg and then they show the the life the of the chicken, chicken until it becomes yeah. bones. But it's like, what is that hot dog thing? And then I'm thinking, like, where are they manufacturing these? Machines, like the, machines, the guy's right. a genius, sure, and he's got all this endless money because he exists in all times and he's making paintings Art for, and, and forgeries to yeah, sell and, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But it's just like you know, you know, those things break. Like where do you even fix them? And like it just felt like, come on, come on, guys. The only thing I didn't like in the in the design of that machine, I like the entire laboratory was cool with the the computers in the background, all this stuff. But it was the they had these three arms that pointed down towards the center to make that to make the time field mm-hmm. but they're these clearly they're just like uh plastic cylinder plastic circles going around an, yeah. an orange tip cone they do they almost like look like like a wily like a wily coyote uh, yeah. firework or something that that you would put in the ground just and shoot at the be consistent runner. make it all metal and it would look better anyway they also fine. have that they have that other acrylic. that uh, other technology sort of the x-men danger room thing where they yeah. can where they're planning the heist. So like yeah. I mentioned in the beginning, the whole thing is they're going to rob the Mona Lisa. You learn yeah. by actually creating duplicate paint or not duplicate paintings, but Leonardo da Vinci they're making da Vinci many. do yeah. a bunch of these. But yeah. in any case, there's that scene where they're like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. And the lights go down. And now all of a sudden we're, we're in the, the Louvre and he's and, directing them. Yeah. And you're going to do this and do that. Yeah. Also a great part because they bend the red, uh, Alarm lights, and the guys totally hit it. Like, when they're pulling the thing out, like, their hand goes through. It's like, all right, whatever. Uh, But how did they do that? Like, what's that tech? Like that? It never comes up again. It's just like, no, I'm a genius. It was just like, how do we get to here? You know, so. Like, was it a hallucination they all saw it? Or did they have actual recreation of a room? I don't. I. Because then it just, like, the the lights came back up, and they were in the living room or drawing room again or whatever. Nobody was impressed. Like, the next scene should have just been those dopey guards being like, how do we get get back? Or Or maybe they just just do it all the time. Maybe it's just like what they do. On the weekends, they just hang out. They go anywhere. Well, technology is a thing. They have got a lot of stuff going on. So we see that the field where you can. Also very cool. So you create two parallel timelines uh, yep. where you can interact with one, but you can't enter or exit the timeline. and that's They can't w- interact with each other. That's right. the problem. Yeah. So once, once they, they accelerate or decelerate this timeline, they need Ramana to, to bridge the gap between the two. But in any, right. any case, you do get a, a nod of the reverse the polarity. Yes. Uh, because the somehow doctor. there's just a switch on the wall. Like, yeah. all he does is... Oh, it's the reverse. Like you didn't hit the reverse switch, and he's completely impressed by that. Which, uh, which you know, whatever. So, um, when when the doctor and Romana go to the Louvre the first time, and he's going to show her the, the Mona Lisa because you know there's this whole thing where she says you know the computers on Gallifrey make much better likenesses of drawings than than this. He goes to show her the Mona Lisa, and then there's these guys in hats and trench coats, and then the Countess yeah, there hired thugs. that are just so obviously like. They don't blend in <laughs> at all. They're just these – they well, make no sense there. But so then they're, they're followed to this cafe that they keep returning to. And these thugs, two occasions, two different sets of thugs, pull guns on them in front of the cafe patrons. No one makes a peep. No, no one no cares. No one moves. Speaking of the thugs. like What the, thugs, the heck? I don't know. But why How's, would you work for this weirdo? Like, money. The gu- yeah, but he killed – like those two thugs come and they get the um, bracelet back. And then right. they give it to him, and, and he's like, yeah, have them killed. 
Like, yeah, eventually Herman. you're going to develop go. a reputation that this guy is a, a monster. So, I mean, I guess at that point he's at the bottom of the barrel of people that want to actually work for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe he's that's it. He's gone through all the... Right. He's gone through all the good thugs already, so yeah. these guys... Because he's been doing this for, you know, hundreds of years at this point. <laughs> Just knocking off the criminal element. Great line, though. There was, like, uh, I don't remember who says it. it. says, can you throw any light on that? And he throws a lamp at his face. Yes. Was that the Was that the cop? I think it was Duggan, yeah. Yeah, we haven't mentioned Duggan, so he's a ridiculously funny... Awesome. Awesome, awesome. very physical comedy, heavy... After this was over, one of the first things I did was take a look to see if this if this character ever comes back, because I would watch more of him. Yeah, he, he just literally just runs through walls and just is... He's, he breaks open doors, <laughs> jumps through windows, he's a you know, human wrecking crew. Oh, boy, that's He's guy. great. But he also, he... he oh, so wait... But stop! But did, is does he come back? No, no, he doesn't. Oh, okay, no, he doesn't. Not even, not even in like a like a radio or a not, novelization. Nothing. Not He's even great. on the radio. That's like no, the title of his, even his folk album. So if you could, uh, in your fan fiction, also write him in. Okay, that'd be great. Thanks. Um, so yeah, so we got we got Duggan there. Uh, yeah, and Duggan is a uh, we mentioned a police officer who somehow is not involved in any other police activity like he's completely on his own so then it was like was he supposed to be a private detective but he i think he says he's a he's cop a de- yeah he's a detective um in any case he's already on to this whole art crime but he can't prove that the guy's uh, been stealing it she's right. aware the countess who's being taken advantage of by uh the count the count scaroff has hired her own goons who we're talking about and instantly the doctor and uh, Duggan and Romana all become sort of a, a tag team of, of goodness. Well, I mean, so and no so, canine. They do mention canine, but they, they say hot. He says uh, hot. Just so you know, he exists, once. but he's not right. in it at all. So she she sends the goons to go get the bracelet back, but that's it. So they they hold up. The, I just can't get over the fact that two sets of goons pull a gun on them in the same right, cafe, and, no, and nobody, yeah. Nobody, Nobody says a thing, yeah. and they keep going back to the same freaking cafe. I don't... Uh, whatever. That's fine. It happens. Um, right. So we have Duggan. Uh, th- they discover the uh, the seven... <laughs> let's, go to, let's stick with Duggan a little bit. Uh, sure. He does this thing where he wants to drink the wine. I don't remember if this is like the... It's like oh, third of the way in it. He sm- Instead of opening the top... He just breaks the top of the, the wine bottle. bottle and just starts drinking it. Like his stomach must be full of glass shards. <laughs> it's like the um, uh, uh, Nino Shabetti in Oz when uh, Adebisi <laughs> was taking him out. You know when they're rolling the glass. Like he's got to be just a disaster. Like it's just blood coming out of blood him. Blood everywhere. He's constantly hitting his head. But I was like, <laughs> just take five minutes and just. I'm sure you're gonna find a bottle opener. He it's just, a cafe. Yeah, it's yeah. a cafe. You would think. Um, no, because that's funny, because Romana had just said to him, like, you should work for a glazier because of all the glass you break and yeah. <laughs> breaks the thing. It was, uh, yeah, that was, that was awesome. Um, yeah, that's that was after they, Romana and Duggan, go back into the museum to see how the criminals stole the Mona Lisa. Right. And then Duggan trips the alarm himself he does and then, and then jumps says, out of the window to get away <laughs> he jumps through a window off camera and that's why you're right but that, that was my thing was like well you're a you are a cop like if the cops come and catch you you're still a cop like i there it felt, almost felt like something was missing cop. like was he relieved of his duty because he wouldn't stop with this case or like was he on like i guess you don't need it because it's just so ridiculous anyway it but so it ridiculous. was just kind of funny 
yeah. And at, and at that point, the doctor is being tortured, I believe, at that time with the thumb screws. Yes. Which was also very funny when he just starts freaking out because it's too cold, even before they, the, they do anything, yeah. and then just starts confessing whatever they want to do. Yeah. Um, we, oh, so that's, so that's back in time. That's back when the, uh, the doctor goes back to see Leonardo da Vinci. Um, and then meets uh, yeah. another version of uh, Scaroth. What I thought was cool was he, uh, the doctor's leaving a note for Da Vinci, and he does the backwards handwriting thing that Da Vinci's known for having mm-hmm. done in his journal so no one else could read his stuff. But what he says in there is, Dear Leo, sorry to have missed you. Hope you're well. Sorry about the mess on the panels. Just paint over them. There's a good chap. See you earlier. Love the doctor. I just love there's a little timey, yeah. wimey thing right, that he right, says, right. I'll see you earlier. Yeah, so yeah. I guess, yeah, he's... Earlier in the doctor's timeline, going to see Da Vinci later, or it's just I thought that was a cute little that was touch. Funny. Um, oh, a question though with the uh, Jagaroth bit, yeah. I remember the doctor does ask him, "How do you communicate with your other splinters?" Yeah, splinter selves. But does that question ever get answered or just posed? Well, but then it happens. Like that's why. That, no, I know it that, happens, but like, but I know the doctor say. asks, like, "How do you do it?" But it, they never say it. We, as an audience, see him talking in the present, and you see the words coming out of his mouth in the past, and you're like, okay, right. well, they're all... And that's but how are they really... a flash of all of them right. over top of his face. No, it's I, don't, a little, I don't think he answers little confu- you know, a little weird. That, well, um, but it's also it, weird that he's splintered over 12 different it timelines. Is, so but just okay. that they ask the question, and then... I'm um, like, happened. they never answered it, and I thought maybe I missed it, but maybe... I don't recall, actually, them answering it. Yeah. Just, and at that cool. point, too, that he freaks out, and you that's when you see that guy with his cross over his face, that future future Jagaroth. Future. Everybody needs one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question. Yes. They eventually do steal the Mona Lisa, but why don't they close the museum? Like, the museum's still open, and the Mona Lisa's been stolen. Yeah, that didn't make... That was weird. Like so everybody was running it. up... They go running up to the Louvre afterwards. The doctor goes up and talks to two police officers who then follow him into the thing. Like, it was explained later uh, in the novelization, apparently, oh, that, he, that he flashed them uh, some old unit credentials, which makes a lot of sense. You could have just Completely. shown that on camera. It would have been fine. Right. But it was just weird. It's like, hey, uh, I hear you stole the Mona Lisa. Someone stole the Mona Lisa. Follow me, cops. Anyway, yes, they leave the museum completely open so we can run into the adorable uh, Louvre guide again, that woman who, yeah. who shrieks the... Yeah, um, yeah so having that more little... We also get a great great gag in this, in the TARDIS uh, appearing yes. in the museum, so you get that John Cleese scene um, at the John end. John Cleese and Eleanor Braun, who's a comedic actress, right. who is still making TV shows and movies to this day, by the way. That was very funny, and I did yeah, see awesome. that they were, like... It's part like part of the deal. It was like an unadvertised thing that he would even, or they would both even be in this. They wanted to have their their names credited under pseudonyms, but yeah. uh, pseudonyms the BBC said are no. all the rage here. You don't even get you know, the right writer's name on this one. Uh, a question again. So at the the end of this, we go back in time four hundred million years. Yeah, the Jagaroth convinces Romana to help him. She sets it up so he can only go back. Two, two minutes, minutes, right? He's got yep. two minutes, and, and then the machine the machine explodes. Back. Right. Yep. He's got two minutes to stop the ship from, from taking off. We, we, you mentioned already that because the ship is destroyed, that actually creates human life. Whatever. Yep. They stop. Well, our friend Duggan knocks him out, so he's unable to stop himself from, from taking off. Duggan's a hero. Human life is created fine. He goes back to the future, yep. uh, back to the present, 1979, and then he's killed. 
But doesn't he still exist as other selves splintered throughout all of time? Uh, or whatever periods that he was in? Like, isn't there still... Yeah. I mean, is it you get killed in one part, one of your shards gets killed, and the rest die? Like, they don't... You know, they don't so is explain he still that. alive? Is he not alive? Like, there's a couple of things. There's, so there's that. I didn't actually think about that one. That's that's pretty good. But also the the two minute thing was kind of setting a countdown for us to you know create the urgency. They have to go and get back in time, whatever. It didn't matter because they were running through Paris for what must have been an hour <laughs> to get to back to the Louvre. So they can get into the uh, TARDIS and go back. So it just seemed like as soon as uh, whatever. This is a timey wimey thing. So. Right. Yeah, they're they're but, able to go exactly to the point because they have a time machine. So, at that, but as soon as as soon as uh, the count or Scarath goes back in time, it's over. Like they should just have ceased to exist at that moment. Yeah. But they still had however long twenty minutes to get to the right. museum, and that and you get into like are these the one timeline fractured it timelines and bugs me. We are saying there are multiple timelines because there's two parallel timelines and they talk about them. Well, there's the two, right? But so there's yeah, lots. I of, I don't know. I understand your Who point. Who cares? It's fine. Uh, right. It doesn't just de- detract from how much I love no. this. Wait, but we're talking weird. about a guy in a suit with a gun <laughs> and a, a, a sweet oh, seaweed oh, face. not only that, but he also wears a gorgeous kimono. He does. That is so, right. so nice. That's right. He's got this beautiful silk kimono. That That's just, General Beers' style. It just hugs him, and he's got these big arms. Oh, man. If anyone could pull off a kimono, it's the count. So that was pretty nice. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's that's pretty much everything that happens in this one. Is there anything else? Yeah, what else? Uh, I feel like we covered a lot uh, in a little time. Yeah, yeah. yeah there wasn't a whole lot else to say. Short episode. But I mean, it was nice that, you know, Duggan getting to, to tag along with them, clearly thinking they're crazy with this whole time thing, but running along with them for the ride, but then actually gets to go back in time. You get this the whole arc of Duggan um, thinking they're nuts, but then seeing everything happen, and then kind of they, they part and say goodbye, and he's he buys a little postcard of the Mona Lisa. It's just he had a nice moment, and that's I just thought this character was so funny. Well, just now, um, like quest- he's smart and he and he followed right. everything, he understood it all, but at the same time, he's just a freaking bull running through windows and doors. It's just it's cool. So, question for you because you have read the Dirk Gently stuff, oh boy. right? I did because I did. I did hear that elements of this, as well as um, Douglas Adams wrote another. Uh, Doctor Who story that was never finished called uh, Shada or Shada oh, or, right, yeah. or whatever. And elements of this and that story made it into Dirk Gently. So I don't know if you saw any similar I'm characters or, or themes or whatever. No, I, I read Dirk uh, Gently's Holistic Detective Agency like mm, five, six years ago. I really don't okay. remember. Other than, you know, remembering that I liked it. I don't remember right. what pieces of the plot. There, there was definitely this uh, thief kind of Thing and gosh, I really don't remember. I want to go back and reread it because you know the the show is coming out real soon, which looks awesome. But uh, yeah, oh, during the speaking of uh, Douglas Adams' uh, career, during the the uh, airing of this show between uh, I think episodes two and three, uh, his first book is published. So mm. Hitchhiker's Guide actually comes out during that time, which is kind of cool. So you get a, a whole lot of Douglas Adams in a whole uh, short period of time. In the UK. Now, this is, I think, is this the last last of his stories that we do? Oh, it of probably, Douglas, well, I can't. Well, it doesn't matter. Um, we'll find out next time. But I'm wondering if because he doesn't stay stick around much after 
Hitchhiker's Guide comes out, Yeah, right? so this this must be towards the end of it. It's definitely towards the end. I don't know if it's the last one, because uh, we're kind of jumping around a bit here. Yeah. The next one we're scheduled to do, friends, is Leisure Hive, which Leisure is Hive. Uh, the first serial of the 18th season, so that is 1980, finally in the 80s. Um, but I'm not sure if he's involved at that point. Yeah. We will tell you well, next time. But We'll I, find out. Stay tuned. I feel like he isn't, but we will see. Yeah. Um, all right, so overall, I think we both really like this episode. It's one of my favorites. Um, I, I'd mentioned before, I had seen it already, so it was good to watch it again. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, did, how did how was this received by audience? I know it had huge numbers, but there was some um, an asterisk beside it because the other major competing TV channel, ITV, it was on strike, so there wasn't a whole lot to watch. So it has really high ratings, but kind of artificial. But I don't know how it was oh, you received mean like TV by... Ratings? Yeah, the TV ratings were very high, but I'm just wondering how it was received by audiences uh, because I thought this was great, but for some reason, part of me thought that it this makes wasn't a, a very uh, well liked episode. I think the reactions are mixed a little bit. Okay, um, I think it's it's made a lot of people's best episode lists or whatever. It does for me? Well, um, that's why we're doing but it. Some, but some, uh, I know, I feel like some people thought it was too too much comedy, like it relied too much on the quirky, goofy stuff. I would have a problem with that if it didn't also have a really good sci-fi story to it, which it did. I thought it had a cool, cool story the whole way through. And the effects were great and the, you know, all that stuff was really cool. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So I'm just going to read here from Wikipedia. Please do. Uh, It says, Doctor Who's fandom initial response to the serial was not so positive. John Peel, writing in the fanzine TARDIS in 1979, decried it as a total farce. I simply couldn't believe this was Doctor Who. Aww. The continual buffoonery is getting on my nerves. Well, end quote. Interesting. Uh, Gary Russell also, while reviewing the VHS release in 1991, said, "City of Death, like most Douglas Adams material, is overrated and misses the mark for me. Falling Aww. between the stools of good pastiche and bad uh, bad parody, and making fairly unsatisfactory viewing. Well, uh, take well, Gary and uh, John. Uh, this uh, this is a great story. <laughs> <laughs> all right, there you go. I, I, so, so you get both sides. I'm just, of the all of a sudden, my eyes just started glazing over, and I was getting that like the black uh, death from X Files stuff was just like swirling around uh-huh. my eyes and i was like what am i talking about yeah you really like, see a doctor yeah, you're yelling that. at some guy's <laughs> review from 1991 a vhs tape in 1991 uh, well, that's, that's the definitive I'm putting my flag so uh yeah whatever loved it okay well great so uh is there anything else we need to cover in this episode or any other uh business um this time around uh no i don't think so yeah. well if you guys do, uh, if you guys like the show, uh, please come and uh, find it on iTunes. Uh, you can leave us a review. Some stars and some words would be awesome for us. Oh, it would be great to get some reviews. Um, uh, checking you... iTunes just as we speak, we still oh, are at the same amount of reviews. Ten, ten well, ratings, which is fine. Sounds... But if you could throw, with that. throw us some stars, uh, tell people, share yep. it on your favorite social media account. Uh, our yep. next episode is... Leisure Hive, and that's going to be October 19th, yep. and hopefully we will also agree uh, with John Peel and Gary uh, Russell on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're in total agreement with those guys. Uh, I, don't I don't know how they feel awesome. about that. 
Also, if you have any questions, you can email us at the old Doctor Who Show at gmail.com and you can visit our site at the old Doctor Who Show dot com. Yep. Uh, to see what our schedule is, uh, check out all, all the funny animations I'm going to put up uh, for this episode. I feel like this could have a few goodies in there. Uh, and and on, you, on Facebook as well, yeah. uh, you can go to facebook.com slash T-O-D-W-S. Uh, unless I pay Facebook to get these posts promoted, you probably aren't even seeing it if you like it. So be sure to like more posts or interact with it, and hopefully it'll show up on your feed more. So then you'll know when we have stuff coming up uh, yeah. and what it is. And you can send us questions there if you want to as well. If you want to, you can follow me on Twitter at DanJNJ. And uh, you can follow this guy at uh, E. Grissom. You got it. You got it, buddy. I knew it. All right. So Leisure Hive, October 19th. And uh, we, are, we are golden. All right, folks. All right. I'll see like you always. Guys. Bye. <laughs> Oh, but, you know? <laughs>